Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Blood 6 Podcast. My name is Pete Nogdale. I'm the name of AFR Ratings. Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter and is very excited. Jeb at DT. Welcome to the show, Jeb. Hey, Pete. I am excited. We are just a couple of days away from the start of the AFL season, so the listeners want to know, how is your round one team shaping up? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit nervous. It's currently incomplete. Um, you know, we we got the news today that, that Oliver Hollands and Lockie Cowan are in, so just playing a little bit with that news, and yeah, we've got a bit of work to do before th- uh, Thursday night, my friend. For the listeners out there, Chep and I sometimes have a pre-pod chat, and that was the longest chat we've had a podcast <laughs> before the podcast previously, and yeah, he yeah, might be struggling, but I think he'll get there. It sounds like he's got a pretty solid team there as well. Uh, from my point of view, uh, still pretty content. I've been pretty content for a couple of weeks now, so just, yeah, hopefully we get some more rookies named for debuts, which would be great. A couple in there today, as you mentioned, and uh, yeah, all set for me. I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. Uh, I've got a couple of difference picks, which would be interesting to see when everyone's teams are opened up. Alrighty. So the next question here, Jeb, is what should the listeners be focused on this week? Well, clearly it's team news and, you know, debutant announced and stuff like that. Any injuries and, and the this domino effect of injuries for each team. It's, you know, aforratings.com.au is where it's at, obviously. And, um, yeah, just tracking all the current news from now till Thursday. Yeah, for me, three things here. Times of games, obviously. So when you know your players are going to lock uh, for this week, and that's just probably every week there as well. Captain options, obviously, go through. Obviously, we're trying to pick a squad to start round one, but just don't forget you've got some captain options to come back out. So that sometimes can be missed by many people there heading into round one. And obviously, yes, keep up with the news, aforreadings.com.au, crunching heaps out, uh, a couple of extra pods this season on the AFL Ratings podcast. So I'm doing one with Aaron Bryans there. And that will be a just a review Sunday night, early Monday morning release for the pod. And uh, we'll go through mainly Port Adelaide and Adelaide teams. We'll do a game breakdown. So we'll pick up the opponents as they play them. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And for those who don't know, Aaron's an ABC commentator. So he's at pretty much Adelaide Oval all the time calling the game. So he gets a, like a first-hand uh, look at the games, and, and obviously I sit in my office and, and view all games each season there as well. And the other one, just announced today as well, uh, Ryan Daniels on board for the season, and we're going to talk Thursday night, uh, sometimes Friday morning pod release. We're going to actually just talk teams and the changes in there and the impact for fantasy and actually Real 40 there as well. So we'll get some news in there as well for the listeners. So, uh, yeah, look out for those. So Louis, really looking forward to that. And, yes, I don't sleep, so I'll just keep going through there and <laughs> adding as adding as much content as I can for listeners, so obviously help them out there as well. Alrighty, we are talking AFL fantasy season-long classic mode. This is a pre-round one discussion. This podcast is being recorded on Monday night, March 13, and, of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Radio Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. 
and obviously, again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. So Jeff and I have got a stack of players. We're going through club by club. Uh, I think we've got around about 90 players. So some are just going to give a short, sharp answer. But obviously, there are some players here that need some discussion. So let's get in with Jeff. So straight up, Adelaide, Jordan Dawson, obviously a halfback role, can go in the midfield, move up the ground there as well. I actually like the pick. Don't think I'm going to start with him, though. Yeah, I love the pick too. Uh, yeah, captain of the club, needs the footy in his hands, beautiful user of the, of the footy. With that, though, he gets the attention of opposition clubs. So, yeah, probably wise to sit at the start and just see how it pans out. Rory Laird, news today, Adam Kingsley is considering a tag for this week. Now, a couple of things here. I'd, like, we're going to need Rory Laird at some stage throughout the season, Jeff, so we're going to have to find that money. For those not starting with lead at this stage, they're hoping for a tag and get a, a price reduction. But still, you're going to need a stack of money there, Jeff, to upgrade to him. So I reiterate, we're all going to need Rory Lead at some stage. Maybe you just, you know, bite your lip and just go for it this week and hopefully he puts up a, a reasonably decent score and there's no price uh, decrease coming. And the thing is, Jeff, if he, he starts crunching out 125s, 130s to start the season, I believe overall winner will actually have started with Laird. So it's a it's actually come turning into a quite a, a big decision, uh, and I'm on the fence with it. So that's exactly where I'm at. Where are you? Yeah, I'm on the fence with it too. I, I must admit, I, I struggle to make it work in terms of a balanced team having Rory Laird at M1, but I agree with the sentiment for, for sure. There is... A lot riding on his first six games. Um, and if he goes like he did last year, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of coaches left behind. So probably one for for the um, for the Brave, and it's more one for the um, more primo Rooks uh, setup. Next one here, we'll just do one more from Adelaide. So Riley O'Brien. So he's obviously going to start number one ruck. So a lot of people are paying down at the second ruck, and O'Brien's are certainly... O'Brien is certainly one of those options there as well. I don't think I'm going to go there. Yeah, look, I I don't mind him. I think you know, as a, there's not many rucks being a solo ruck as such. So you'd say he's a shoe in for a top five um, ruck in fantasy sense. But yeah, there's a lot to like. He he needs to improve his marking, and I think he would have worked on that in his off season. So I'm going to say big like for Rory O'Brien to start the season. Next one here, we go to Brisbane. So Lockie Neal, obviously inside midfield usage. Um, haven't really heard that many people on Lockie Neal to start the season. I still think it's going to be a very strong average, and, and I think there could be lower ownership to start the season. I'm considering Neal at round one, Chip. Yeah, look, I don't mind it. Um, it's just how does the dynamics work? Yeah, I suppose there's no real reason why we wouldn't pick him, would we? So, yeah, I'll say like. Hugh McCluggage also in that midfield for the Lions. So it's the dynamic of Neil McCluggage. We've got Dunkley up next here for a chat. You know, where does McCluggage sit in? And, and he can score. So he's certainly an option for me as well. Yeah, I, um, I've i actually looked at him really closely in the last couple of weeks. Uh, a player that can go, you know, now inside and outside. So we know he can get on his wheels and run and get, and get those plus sixes. But now he's getting that inside time and picking up some tackles and, Stoppage work, it's it's quite appealing. Next one here, Josh Dunkley. Uh, so the ceiling's just too good, his high ceiling. Uh, I think most people are going to start with him at round one, and that is including me now. Yeah, you really can't. I th- again, it's a bit like the lead um, discussion, but even worse because he's a forward. So he's an absolute lock-in for top six forward. Um, the gap between Dunkley and the next best forward is probably you know, 10 points. Next one here, and it's Will Ashcroft. He's an automatic start, and he should be on a ground to start with, Jeff. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Put him on your field. Don't even talk about it. Let's lock him in. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Carlton here. Now, Patrick Cripps, we started the season off quite well last season. He's had a pretty fresh preseason uh, as well. A bit of an ankle issue there recently, but no uh, big issue to worry about. So, you know, Carlton are going to play that stoppage game again. And I think he's... Oblivious to a tag, I think he just get through and just push any opposition tags out of the way. Um, I think he's going to be in for a pretty strong start to the season. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually really considering this pick. I I don't mind the pick for the start of the season. It's just the we saw how Cripps struggled as the season got on, and he got a bit more tired and probably carried an eagle or two. And I've just got that in the forefront of my mind, so I won't be starting him. Okay, next one here, Lockie Cowan is going to make his AFL debut this week, but what we really need to talk about, you and I here, Jep, is his scoring ability. So I've had a good look at Carlton over pre-season. Uh, it's a live look and obviously some vision there as well. So what I did come across as well and what my thought is, is that he, he's pretty much uh, not a ball-first type defender. He's more looking at his opponents and, and you know reducing space and mining that. So as a first year player you're not really focused on multiple things you're just doing sort of one good job you know to start with and I think that is mining his opponent so you know it's great that he's going to make his AFL debut this week hopefully he can score well but uh, you know I'm a little bit concerned it's not going to be high scoring here. Yeah look he didn't set the world on fire in the um, preseason game I, I note that but he can score for, as a junior so if the role, if he is released, which is unlikely because they have Sard and Doherty, you know, controlling a lot of that ball out of the back line and even Nick Newman as well. So you wouldn't think Cowan commands the ball in that sense as such. So, yes, I'm worried about his scoring ability. Um, and I'm also worried about, you know, the pressure of Chincotta putting on him potentially for the same spot almost. So how that dynamic works and and whether it's, you know, Chincotta or Plowman or whoever's breathing down his neck to take his spot. So a bit wary there. Ollie Holland's going to make his AFL debut this week as well. So looks like he's going to start out on a wing there. So a few weeks ago, I didn't think he would be up for round one, but obviously looking at Vision the last couple of weeks, that you know, he's a massive improvement the last few weeks. Um, I think he can score. I think he can score quite well, um, highly considering uh, putting him on ground or even looping him into start round one two. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, obviously, negative Nancy thinks what happens when Sam Walsh comes back, if that's round three by the sounds of it, likely. Um, you know, Ollie Hollands is probably a best candidate, so just be mindful of that, but he can score, so... That is a positive. Sam Doherty, so Michael Voss uh, today uh, saying that he's not going to play permanent mid, so obviously we've known he's going to play a mix of halfback and mid. So what we're going to get is a pretty decent role for Doherty. It's going to be high scoring no matter what. I think he's a pretty solid start for round one, Jeff. Yeah, look, there's not a lot to like, and it's more the fear of missing out. Again, he's like Dunkley and Laird in that sense, and the difference between Doherty at D1 and the next best player at D2 is quite a margin. So, 
Yeah, those that aren't starting with him, I'm sure they will be sleeping a little nervously. Last one here, Adam Chera. So I just think Cripps is going to be the ball winner in there. Uh, Kennedy and Hugh will get all amongst that as well. I just don't think Chera can see that high ceiling type score. So for me, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out too. The only thing that I'd need to see is uh, another potential injury to Kennedy or um, Hewitt. So that's not happening. So, yeah, I'm out on Chera too. Next one here, Collingwood. So Nick Dacor. So he potentially could go forward to shake a tag. Yes, that's a possibility. Um, t- opposition teams are going to lock down on him at some times. Yes, that's a possibility. And we did see that in a practice match, of all things, a practice match. Um, so it's going to be a halfback role. It's going to be into the midfield there as well. Um, I, I'm still starting with it. Like I'll, I'll give the listeners that a lot. I'm not departing the, the boat for Dacos, and I'm willing to ride the waves uh, because yeah, he might you know, pop in a 60 or 70 or 50 here and there, but I think we can get some high ceiling games there to balance it out. It's not going to be pretty comfortable right each week. Uh, but I think he can get there uh, with average throughout the course of the season. So I'm going there at round one. Yeah, I'm nervous about it, bud. To be all, in all honesty, I, um, he's one I've been delivering, deliberating over, sorry, for the last yeah week and, week and a bit. So the weird point, like we're looking for value in the back line. That's the key point, and he does present value. It's just how does that tag affect you know, scoring and others jumping on or, or whatever you like. Yes, I agree he has this high ceiling, um, but in essence, I'm, at that price, I'm looking some, for someone who's a top six defender, and now I have question marks over that fact. Next one here, Darcy Cameron. So out of the two, he's going to be the number one mark over Mason Cox. So Cox provides a different dynamic into that forward line for Collingwood, So, but still it's going to be a mixed-up role here and there. Um, I think... Cameron's still a pretty solid pick, and I think there's upside based on his starting price there, so I don't mind the picture. Yeah, I like the pick at R2. He's got forward status. If it does go belly up, you've got options. So, look, and the fact is, Mason Cox, if there's no injury to Collingwood during the game, Mason Cox gets red-vested, in my opinion, a lot of the games. So that might happen for Darcy Cameron too. Um, You know, one of those two rucks, uh, if they're going to play tall, which is likely, um, one of the two rucks is susceptible to the red vest. But you'd say it'd be Mason Cox first. So, yeah, uh, it's it's looking good to pick Darcy Cameron anyway. Next one here, Jordan DeGoey. So, you know, if opposition teams are looking at... Nick Dacos, what's going to happen to Jordan DeGoey? We know he's in there pretty much as a pure mid now, so and he can rack it up at the best of time. This is what we did see a couple of years ago. Obviously, a different game plan now. Um, his salary, for me, is still quite appealing. I am still considering his selection at Real Madrid. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, no, no ceiling games. I, um, you know, we, we saw last year that Collingwood, their primo mid, struggled to score fantasy-wise, so, yeah, I'm out. Last one here for Collingwood, Tom Mitchell. So, attractor-type role at Collingwood. Um, I think they're not going to manage him. I think it's going to be balanced. Uh, it'll be midfield pretty much all the time, but I don't think they're going to smash him into the, to the centre bounces and, and lock at a high rate and like just exhaust him before finals. And that's what Collingwood make finals there as well. So, um, and the game plan there as well, I just think, you know, I think he's actually appropriately priced. So, um, I'm not starting with Tom Mitchell, but you know, like he can go 105 uh, and higher, as we know. But it's just a different game plan, so doesn't get the repeat 
points with regards to the, you know, the ball being extracted and handballs out to receive, and that ball's out of that, out of his area. So uh, that's my concern with his scoring. Um, look, I don't mind the peak, but I just think he's appropriately priced, therefore not starting him. Yeah, I, I'm much like Dugowie. I just don't see the ceiling or, or the upside, so I'm out on, on uh, Tom Mitchell. Next one here, Essendon. So we're moving on to the Bombers now. Jordan Ridley. So if the Bombers are going to see a lot of ball inside D50, it's going to play in the hands of Jordan Ridley. Uh, these intercept marking roles can be a little bit volatile. So if you're spending up on Ridley, you know, you're setting somewhere else in the ground with regards to the salary. And if you're going into a mid that doesn't work, you're sort of you're hemorrhaging two parts of the ground. So uh, that's why it's a no for me on Ridley. Yeah, look, I actually don't mind Ridley. I feel like new coach, new slightly new philosophies, and he... He does look more confident. He look, his body language yeah, tells me a little bit of a different story to last year. So I'm not totally against it. Next one here, Andrew McGrath. Um, obviously got a little bit of ownership here over the last couple of weeks, obviously back on the back of the St Kilda practice match. So, you know, they're playing a Hawthorne this week. So what did we see Sam Mitchell do in that game to Nick Dacos? And Dacos coming off half back. So where does Finn McGuinness go? He goes straight to Nick Dacos. Where does Andrew McGrath play? Same role. So, yeah, just got to be a word of warning here. There's a, Finn McGuinness may not go to a merit. He may not go to a Darcy Parish. Still may. He's a possibility also to go to Andrew McGrath because you want to shut that D50 uh, ball movement down. What better player to do it than Finn McGuinness? Yep. Yeah, it's a lot easier to tag on the outside um, than on the inside mids, isn't it? So, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Although, like you said, it could be Parish, could be Merritt. Oh, look, I'm I'm not sure McGrath. I just don't. It makes me nervous. So I think that's just saying the, the fantasy gods telling me no. Next one here, Will Setterfield looks to have won a spot in the midfield for Essendon. So hopefully he's named. And it'll be a good uh, redemption story as well, third club as well, obviously coming off an ACL a few years ago. So hopefully get to go inside. Uh, doesn't sound like it's going to be pure mid, mid only, so because the Bombers are coming out saying that you know he's got the flexibility to move elsewhere. So uh, that being said, so that will be a little bit of volatility in his scoring, so just a no for me. I don't think his high ceiling games could be there. He's definitely value set of field, um, and he's definitely got the role. But... It's just making it work in a team, in a balanced team, which I unfortunately can't do at the moment. So it's, it's a no from me. Next one here, Zach Merritt. He's going to be a high ball winner for the Bombers, Bombers across the season. I think he's going to put up a really strong average. Uh, here's a consideration for me. Yeah, he's a smash um, primo mid, and he, and he will be this year. There's no doubt about it. It's just when do you jump on? And that's up for the listeners. I, I don't have the answer. Yeah, it's pretty much my answer there. Uh, question there as well. Is that I'm going there probably at some stage, just a matter of when. And next one here is Darcy Parrish. Uh, via Mitch Cleary, so he had an Achilles issue uh, pre-Christmas or around that uh, Christmas period time. Uh, Andrew McCormick uh, as well, coming out the last couple of weeks, is saying that um, he's had a bit of a calf tightness issue as well. So a little bit of niggle here and there as well. Uh, obviously that tag, and that could go to merit as well, in around one as well. So... Yeah, it's still a consideration for Parrish, but, yeah, I'm happy to start without him at round one, Jeff. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, a few injury niggles, hasn't shown much hunger this preseason in, in match performances, so, it's yeah, it's easy pass. 
Last one here for the Bombers. So it's Archie Perkins. So uh, throughout pre-season, he's moved into the inside midfield role. I think he's going to get a fair look across the season. Um, but there's still a lot of learnings for Perkins to do as an inside mid. So it'll be Setterfield first. Maybe at the end of the year, it's, you know, Perkins has overtaken Setterfield there as well, which would be great for the Bombers because uh, potentially that would mean that you found a pretty good inside mid. So um, I just I think it's just going to be too volatile to start with Perkins to spend that money to. Yeah, agree. There's too many mouths to feed. Um, a lot of players that run through the Bombers' midfields and um, picking Perkins because of that is probably not wise. Next up here, three men are Sean Darcy. It's going to be dual ruck setup. Uh, Jackson's going to get his fair share in that ruck as well, but Darcy pretty much starting as number one in ruck. You know, he, he, as a solo ruck, he's got a pretty high ceiling, but you know, give me any type of dual situation, no go for me. Yeah, that's a common thing. You know, dual rucks, are they are they worthy picks? Um, I still don't think Jackson's going to be used as that stay-at-home forward. He, you know, he will play 25% ruck time um, and give Darcy a rest, but I feel like Luke Jackson will be more of a lead-up forward to take one of the tools out of the uh, D50 for Frio. So, and that plays in the hands of um, Fife and, and their smalls. So... In saying that, yeah, I still think Darcy is a good pick because 75% ruck time is probably a lock. Next one here, Liam Henry. I don't think he's got the job security like enough to warrant selection here, Jeff, and possibly volatile scoring there as well. Uh, too many wing tops at Freo, so I think that puts him under instant pressure. Yeah, I mean, look, it's probably first pick team, if I'm going to guess, is Aish on one wing and then Ethan Hughes on another, and then they got Nathan O'Driscoll. So where Henry fits is... Anybody's guess, and unfortunately for him, because he's a good young fella and a heap of talent, but um, you know when you play for a good team, it's it's tough to get a spot. So yeah, pass. Uh, back on to the Ruxley Jackson. So it's probably going to be a little bit too much forward time for me. So no go for me on Jackson. Yeah, just reiterating what I just said earlier about him moving up the ground. I yeah, I don't think it's the Luke Jackson of Melbourne. I feel like it's a different role. He's going to be a lead up forward getting a lot of possessions on the wing and in the guts, um, you know, coming out of defence from Frio. So, yeah, I, I think he's got upside. It's just not enough to, to warrant a pick, probably. Next one here, it's going to be Will Brody. So, Amir and Brody in that extractor-type role. Um, he was great last year. I don't think I'm going there this year, this year. Yeah, tough one. I've looked at him closely in recent days, actually, and I just feel like, you know, more his time on ground last year being 69% over the season, and is there scope for that to increase? There probably is slightly, um, whether it's enough or not, because his points per minute is really, really good. So it could be a bargain, smoky pick for, for those willing. So if Omira and Brody are now the extractor type players, next player we're talking about here is Caleb Sarong, who is also an inside grunt type midfielder. Now, with those two players going in, you know, Caleb Saron could find more balance to his game. Obviously, he's got the inside game, but, you know, with O'Meara and Brody in there giving the ball out to him, there's potential. And if Brayshaw is that number one tag, uh, there's a potential for Saron to increase his average there. I like the pick to start at round one. Yeah, me too. I feel like there's scope for Saron to definitely take the next step this year. And he's first year as vice captain as well. So, leader of the football club, wants to do his best. He's a competitive bugger, and I respect him for it, and I think he's in for a big year. Next one here, Andrew Brayshaw. So number one mid at Frio, uh, high ceiling, as we know as well, as certainly a consideration for me at Real 1. 
Uh, not for me. I, I think Ross the Boss is going to tag him no matter what happens and who's in the 22 for his Saints. So I'm just going to let that one play out and then, yeah, make a call later. Hayden Young. So he's going to be pretty much a ball distributor um, predominantly for Fremantle, obviously interceptor type a role there as well. So it's a consideration, but I don't think I'm going to go there as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if he puts up a very strong average for the season. Yeah, the thing that does appeal to me is Frio's good draw to start the season. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he averaged 100 in those first six rounds. It's just, oh, I just can't do it. It feels too risky. Okay, we're moving on to Geelong. Tanner Bruin. So he's going to play midfield. We do know that as well. I believe John going to have a fair spread of midfielders uh, across the season, going inside and outside there as well. And Bruin will be part of that. Because the one thing we did learn last year under Chris Scott at Geelong, won the Premiership, they managed their team well, uh, they didn't go and smash their players in their centre bounces and inside midfield role all season. And when they got to the finals, they were very fresh at won the Premiership. So I think Bruin will be in there a, a, a decent amount. I don't think they're going to smash him in there for like high rate of inside midfield usage as well. And, you know, the Cats do have some other players that go in that midfield uh, throughout the season. So um, quite juicy, that prize. But, you know, just if it's balanced, maybe that knocks off that high ceiling scores. Yeah, look, it's it's that Geelong factor, like you said, um, how they manage the team. It's not necessarily maybe for the first four rounds, but later in the season and, we all know that when we pick a mid-price, we need them to be consistent scorers um, for a big chunk of of the first part of the year. So, yeah, uh, risky pick, but it could pay off. Next one here is Harbour Radically. Uh, so I can understand the interest there. He's going to be that intercept sort of key defender role, but he's going to be matching up on you know other key forwards as well. So I think his scoring is going to be volatile. No chance for me to. Yeah, none for me either. Tom Stewart, uh, NSF marking role, it's going to be pure. Uh, the score is going to be quite solid. Uh, my theory is that Geelong are back into their home games at GM HBO Stadium uh, towards the end of the season. And, you know, the narrow grand sort of plays into those hands of Stewart of, you know, where, where else can opposition, opposition teams go? Uh, it has to be, like, inside D50 really quickly. And with the reduced space, you know, Stewart's just lurking there waiting to intercept. So... Home ground for me, that's the back end of the season, and that's I'll look at getting him in uh, midway throughout the season for me. What are your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, I, I see a lot of value in Stuart, believe it or not. Um, you know, we know he uh, had the concussion game and was probably things that didn't go exactly his way. So, um, yeah, there's, he's probably slightly underpriced. I think he's on the, on the cusp being a top six defender. So, yeah, why not start him? Yeah, and I think opposition teams will target him again, so it's not going to be a free reign uh, for Stewart this year, but I still think he can be right in that uh, top defender, sort of the top six defender for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Already moving on to Gold Coast, so Jared Wicks, obviously again, those playing down, paying down at R2, you know, which is in that zone as well. I think he can put up there about 90, 85, 90, 95 top average. Um, so it's a consideration, but I don't think I'm going to go there yet. 
yeah, one I've deliberated over, a bit like Rory O'Brien um, as well. So Sol Ruck can get it done. Yeah, it's the age. I don't mind the pick, but I'd be wary. Next one here, Noah Anderson. So if Toot Miller's getting all the attention, you know, Noah Anderson, and he scored well last year, so I think I'm expecting another strong average here. So consideration for me, too. Yeah, big consideration for me, too. I really like him. I... I know Gold Coast probably don't play the family most fantasy friendly game, but yeah, Anderson's got all the tools to to be that big player, and I suppose you know fourth year in the system, it, it's time for him to to take another step, and uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he was a top eight mid by the season end at all. Next one here, Ben King. So he is low salary, which is quite appealing, but towards man, it's just you know could be really low one week and quite solid the next. So you know. Just a low salary, I get it, but I just don't think I'm going there, Jeff. Yeah, I can't do it. It's uh, yeah, it goes against everything we've known for or learnt over the years. So yeah, pass. Next one here, Brandon Ellis. So you know, it potentially can going to sit in that that uh, in between that wing and D50 type area of the ground, which should be quite good. But yeah, you know, it's it's that still that's one side of the ground, so it's not really inside. Uh, scores will be fluctuating. He's got a monster ceiling, Ellis, when it's when he gets going. Uh, a bit of an interrupted preseason, so no for me. Yeah, if he was flying in terms of fitness and didn't have an interrupted preseason, I'd probably start him. To be fair, um, love his ceiling and love what he, you know, as a leader of that club as well. So, yeah, unfortunately, the interrupted preseason again lessons learnt from previous years. It's past. Sam Flanders. So Trick Miller comes back into the team this week, and uh, obviously other players to come back into that team, including Alice there, as we just mentioned there as well. Shannon, so what happens to Alice? What happens to Flanders there? So he's going to spend a little bit more time forward. That's probably where he'll start. Um, yeah, look, I, I can understand. Look, it's going to be a sprinkling of centre bounces. I don't think it's going to be that high. Um, so yeah, I understand the interest, but it, it's, there's no chance I'm going there. Yeah, they they're pretty set in their rota- their mid rotations. I'd probably guess that he'd get twenty percent CBAs and even some time on the wing too. So might not be the year for Flanders just yet. Last one here, Tuke Miller. So injury interrupted preseason that came late via a hamstring issue. So you know, it's going to be a brave soul who picks uh, Miller, who has a really good ceiling at Real Madrid. Yeah, it is. Um, no, let's. Let's play the odds and see how hopefully he has a slight quiet start and we can jump on him, you know, about round five or round six. Okay, on to GWS Giants, Lockyer Whitfield. He's starting halfback, so he's going to get uh, defender status uh, pretty early in the fantasy season for us. So I just think we can just wait. Uh, but he has a monster ceiling when he gets going. And if he takes over as that number one the ball's going through me type scenario. I'd expect a very strong average here. So hopefully his price doesn't get away from us. Yeah, look, it, that's exactly right. So um, this five rounds or six rounds is a long time for him to generate some coin, and we'd both probably be pretty confident in him being a top six defender um, when he does get defender status. So unfortunately, um, yeah, it's a wait and see, I think, and then we'll play it at around about round six. Next one here, Finn Callahan. So it's going to be mostly wing. So it's going to be mostly outside, and we've obviously got to get used to that. So, um, and he had shoulder concerns uh, a couple of years ago as well. So, 
Uh, don't think they're going to crush him inside mid and extract a tight role. So you just got to hopefully he gets there and gets a stackable on the outside, which is a possibility. You did see that in the practice match. Um, so I think there is very strong value for Finn Callahan to start the season. So hopefully he can get there. He's a consideration for me. Yeah, he should be consideration for everyone, Pete. I think um, there's a lot of upside. It's at his price point. It's um, just tempering expectations of what he can score. For me, I think he can get to 75, 80. Next one here, Josh Kelly. So it's going to be uh, mostly inside mid-roll, uh, potentially at, on the outside a little bit there as well. Uh, we know he's got a pretty high ceiling, so it's consideration for me. You know, big consideration for me. Um, Kingsley's playing him in the guts, finally, um, predominantly inside mid where he should be. So regardless of the game style, that running gun um, and less marks, I still think Kelly is a very good pick. Uh, also in the midfield here, Stephen Cornelio. So it's going to be pretty strong midfield usage here as well. We know we can score. We know we can also sit forward there as well. Definitely consideration for me at round one, Jeff. Yeah, it has to be. He's pretty much a guaranteed top six forward, isn't he? So, again, and playing inside mid, um, and that's his primary position as it should be. So low risk. It's just whether you start with him or not. So either way, I think it's it's a good play. Next one here, listen to Adam Kingsley press conference today, and I'm just shaking my head because it looks like that Braden Pruce is going to be solo ruck to start the season, and that's actually great for those interested in Braden Pruce, but there is zero chance I'm going there. Yeah, you can't be a sucker for punishment, can you? Um, although, yeah, I just can't see him being consistent enough to one play, you know, even 12 games um, in the ruck consistent uh, week in, week out, so... Yeah, it was, it was two up and down last year, so it's a pass. And yeah, look, it, look we know he can score, but if, if anyone's going to beat me, and if it's Braden Pruce, so be it. So I'm just not going <laughs> yes, Fair enough. Next one here, Tom Green. So he's that he's now that bull inside midfield. So I'm going to expect that, you know, early rounds last year, he started to put up some really big scores. So I'm expecting a spike in his average uh, this season, Jeff, but it just depends how high. So he's still a consideration for me. Yeah, you know, he's definitely value. He's definitely going to go up in price. Again, it's tempering expectations of what he can average. So he can definitely average over 100 um, for sure. It's Is that enough for, for coaches out there? It's probably enough for me to start the season. Yeah, is it enough for everyone else? That's the question. Okay, on to Hawthorne. So James Warple. Uh, the issue with Hawthorne, they've got a fair few mids going through that the middle of the ground. So, and that's, you know, Warple, does that, how, how big is his midfield role? And it has to be pretty much inside mid. We've seen him last year spend a little bit of time outside the midfielder and his scores really struggled. So, um, yeah, there are just actually still concerns here for me for Warple. Uh, and that's why I'm not starting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> inside mid player has to be an extractor, but then you got Newcomb. So, bad kicking, bad football. I've said it a thousand times over the pod. My old footy coach used to say that. And unfortunately, Warple's not the greatest kick. So I have concerns of role change and whether he's in traditional inside mid or not. So yeah, a few question marks there. One for yeah, one for those who uh, think he's value for sure, and it could pay off. Next one here, we're going to Will Day. So he's going to see a little bit more inside midfield usage this season, which is great. So um, he's had a pretty solid pre-season. He's ready to go. It's going to be inside midfield, and obviously we can roster him in defence. He's an outside consideration for me. I don't think I'm going there at round one, however. 
Yeah, it's a tough one because his defender status really cheap and got the role, like or you know the majority of of the role as such. So, oh, I'm trying to fit him in, and, and that's a god's honest truth. I, I really am. I obviously he's not the biggest fella in that inside mid, but he doesn't have to be. You know, I've heard. You know, there's probably an injury risk of him getting bashed around, but again, I think he's smarter than that, and won't it won't be uh, well. That's not his role either, especially with uh, Warpool and Newcomb there. So, yeah, there's there's value there for sure. It's just whether or not you can fit him in. And then we've got another mid here as well at Hawthorne. Uh, it's Josh Ward. So um, obviously he's the future of this inside midfield for the Hawks. So I expect a spike in his average again this year. But with so many people going through that midfield for Hawthorne, you know, what can it be? So maybe he's just a little bit limited this year. It wouldn't surprise me if he put up a very strong average, though, Joe. Yeah, let's save him for next year with that third-year breakout. I think, again, this is another learning year for Josh Ward. It's a bit more volatile, like you say. He might find himself outside as much as he finds himself inside. So with his starting price and mid-only, um, you know, position, it's uh, it's probably a no. Already next one, Cam McKenzie. So he's, he's another one like Will Ashcroft can score and can score quite nicely there as well. So he's one to start on the ground this weekend, Chip. Yeah, look, a safe rookie pick, massive talent, um, finds a footy, future 200 gamer for the Hawks, um, ticks all the boxes, so you've got to start him. Next one here, we're going on to Lloyd Meek. So it's a dual ruck setup. I think Meek will actually have a pretty solid season there. So... Uh, let's see if we can overtake uh, and be that number one pure. And But I think Sam Mitchell likes that dual ruck set up. And especially with the Hawks, no Mitch Lewis to start the season, you know, they're almost forced to play those two rucks there, Jeff. Yeah, I'd probably only consider him if Rees was, yeah, um, was missing through various reasons. Um, but, yeah, he's not the number one ruckman at the moment, the way I'm reading it. He's playing more predominantly forward and, and pinch hitting. So, yeah, pass. Next one here, James Sisley. So if Hawthorne going to be poor this year, you've got to expect they're going to give up a stack of uh, inside 50 entries. So, and again, as I've mentioned it before, once you get a team performing poorly, you know, you're going to see a stack of inside 50 entries from the opposition. That plays right in the hands of James Sisley. I'm expecting a very strong average this season. He'll be consideration for me, Chip. Oh, for sure. He has to be. Again, I like Stewart pushing that top six defender. Um, yeah, Taking kickouts, lots of ticks. Leader of the football club too, so you have the player in the, or the ball in his hands. Sorry, more than often than not. So yeah, big big tick. Over to Melbourne. So Christian Petrarca. So we're going to see a little bit more forward usage, I would believe, this year from Petrarca. Because Melbourne are going to throw a few more players into that midfield, so they don't want to be where they were last year. So they're all good at round ten, and then by the time they hit the finals, they're out in straight sets. So. Yeah, they want a fresher team heading into the finals, and that's partly the reason why they're throwing extra mids into uh, their rotation, and that means that Petrarca's going to sit outside more. So it's more of a balanced approach from Simon Goodwin this year. Uh, so if you're just taking that edge off Petrarca, therefore, you know, he's probably appropriately priced or he's overpriced for me. I just have a theory, like if, again, I'm going a little bit left um, on a tangent, sorry, if the game gets faster, um, Pete, and we, um, you know, essentially we're seeing more inside 50s and more goals, wouldn't that play into Petrarca's hands a little bit, being such a dynamic player? So I, I'm actually really big on him for that reason, and I think he's going to be a uh, back to his top eight ways as a top eight mid, that is, and, yeah, I think he's a great starting pick. 
next one here, Clayton Oliver. I don't think he's going to be impacted too much from the extra mids in that rotation. Um, might spend a you know random halfback start there here and there, but you know it's going to be strong midfield usage there for me. So Oliver certainly consideration for me, Real Madrid. Yeah, he's not for me. It's just the starting price. He's not value in my opinion, so I'll be fading him to start the season. Angus Brayshaw, so no Salem. That means Brayshaw will probably start a half-back, but eventually you go back into the middle. Either role is fine. Just don't want him out uh, covering a Ed Langton or Lockie Hunter-type injury, which they're quite healthy at this stage of the season. So... Uh, either role is good there for me for Angus Brayshaw. Um, I don't think I'm actually going to go there round one yet. Uh, yeah, tricky one in terms of price point. I agree he's going to be up there. Um, yeah, I don't think it's the worst pick to start the season, to be fair. I think he's the high ceiling is the biggest appeal, isn't it? So you can get a real leg up. And um, I know it's only round one and it's a long season, but it does play the Bulldogs in round one who traditionally give up points to defenders. So keep that in mind. Max Gorn. Um, yeah, interesting. I still think uh, he's going to score quite well. I think he's going to put up a pretty decent average, and he'll have little ownership, Jeff. So, obviously, with the Gorn Grundy situation. So, I've got Grundy here listed as next chat. So, let's put him in both uh, of this uh, conversation here. Um, I think, from Gorn's point of view, it's a similar situation to what they had uh, Luke Jackson last year. And he'll sit behind the ball... Uh, to help out D50, uh, and he will have strong impact. So I am actually still expecting a strong average from Gorn. Maybe he's just that little bit overpriced. I think that's quite strong, and he won't have the ownership. So I'm not going to go there, but yeah, it won't surprise me in the least if he puts up a very strong average. Yeah, I agree with you, but like you said, he's probably a little bit overpriced, so not value and... Especially in the rucks, I think looking for value is very important. So, yeah, I'll fade him and see how it goes. And Brody Grunty, yeah, as part of this conversation, look, he can win a he can win a lot of ball through the midfield and be like part of that midfield rotation and winning ball through the middle. We've seen him at Collingwood. He can rack up disposals left, right, centre. So um, I don't think Grunty's a, an option, but it wouldn't surprise me if he also put up a pretty decent average. But he's probably... A random mark, maybe just a little bit overpriced. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if both put out very strong averages, Jeff. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, I think it's just too topsy-turvy, a bit yo-yo. One week it will be Grundy that fires, and the next week it will be gone and so on and so forth. So that's uh, that's not going to bode well for owners, I don't think. And, uh, yeah, like I said, let's see how it plays out. Probably gone is the pick of the bunch, though. Yeah, and just a balance of uh, throughout the season, so they're fresh towards final. So that'll be the goal for Melbourne with regards to that right combo. So you really got to take that into consideration as well. And they're not going to smash them out through the home and away season and have them finish by, you know, finish and empty the tank by the end of the season, home and away season, that is. Alrighty, on to North Melbourne. Luke McDonald, so he's going to be in that half-back uh, V50 type situation, but I'm just not going to go there, just uh, yeah, another one I've been especially recently looking for value in the back line. Um, yeah, I can't do it. The, the floor ceilings are too painful, but, uh, yeah, it's just too risky. Next one here with Phillips. So the Kangaroos are going to run a, f- a fair few players through that field, and, yeah, that sort of restricts Will Phillips uh, just a little bit there as well. You know, and he's had poor scores previously. So it's just probably just a word of warning not to be too comfortable with his starting him on field. And, you know, they play um, 
I believe the one of the middle games of the round. So just got to be interested in him potentially looping him on the ground if he puts up a pretty decent score. So yeah, it's not just a comfortable you know sit there at um, M8 for Will Phillips. Yeah, there is a decision here to make if you're going to put him in your squad, whether you start him or not there as well. So uh, definitely consideration for squad for me. Yeah, I, he's definitely in everyone's team. He should be anyway. You know, he's gonna he's got the role, although part midfield, um, and he's gonna generate enough cash. It's like you said, is he gonna score enough to um, be warranted in your starting twenty-two? West Coast first up, and trust me, West Coast are not close checkers, so he should go all right. Okay, on to Jai Simkin. Now, if he didn't have an interrupted preseason, I'd be super strong on Simkin. I think he can put together a. Pretty solid preseason, and I think uh, the Kangaroos' game plan should play right into his ability uh, to go from contest to contest and athletic ability there as well. I'm expecting a spike in average this year. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's a big season for Simpkin, and you know, under Clarko's guidance, he'll he'll have a big year and and yeah, push 105 average. So I like the pick. Look, Davis Uniaki. So he didn't perform well in the practice match, but I would totally res- disregard that. So he's an inside ball. Um, his career is progressing quite nicely. I'm expecting a spike in average this season. He's a consideration for me at Ramonchip. Yeah, me too. Big ceiling. Um, like you said, everything's sort of pointing to the signs of, of a big fantasy year, and um, it's just whether he takes his opportunities. He's got the role. Um, again, under Clarko's guidance, you'd think he'd want to perform. So, yeah, love the pick. Next one, and I'll put this one here in, is Josh Goda. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, at some stage where actually he might be consideration for us to trade in because, you know, if he's sitting in that half-back range and if the ball, Kangaroo's going to hold on to the ball a little bit, you know, that's going to play right into the zone of Josh Goda. So play a little bit of win there as well. So it's just one to keep an eye on. I don't think I'm going to go there at round one, but, yeah, just keep an eye on because we, we might have to jump onto him really quickly if his scores are there early, Chip. Yeah, I can't do it. He's, uh, the price point's too, too awkward, so it's a pass from me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, over to Port Adelaide. So Xavier Dersmo playing out on the wing. Uh, it's not inside midfield, so his scores will be quite nice, I believe. I think there's a spike in average coming, uh, but I don't think I'm going to go there at round one. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid wingers this season, I think. Um, and if I were going to go there, I think Callahan is cheaper and you know shows a little bit more value. So no to Dersmo from my point of view. Yeah, and he'd probably put Dersma and Miles Bergman in the same scenario, so they're splitting the wing roles there as well. Next one here, Jason Horn francis So he's going to get pretty decent midfield usage by the looks of it. Uh, so it's just a matter of scoring rate. So a lot of people go there round one. Um, he's going to get the opportunity. Uh, Port Adelaide want to play a faster type, uh, faster than what they've usually gone. They've been a pretty quick team anyway. So, 
yeah, just you know, he's going to spend some time for the, there as well. Just a matter, you just got to forecast how high your ceiling. I think I asked you a couple of weeks ago, uh, what can he score? And I, I think we settled around about that 80 mark, and I think that's probably where it about sits for me for Juan Francis for average. I'm not too sure I'm going to go that round on that chip. I like the pick a lot because I feel like he can push the top six forwards in terms of average. So those that are game enough and have the cash, I would definitely consider him. Ollie Wines, next one up here. So super interrupted pre-season, coming off knee surgery, and he said even in a press conference recently that he's going to have to manage that throughout here the rest of his career. So straight no for me. Yeah, no for me too. Zach Butters uh, dealing with some shoulder issues the last couple of weeks, so listeners got to be aware of that situation. Uh, it's going to see a stack of inside midfield usage for Port Adelaide, so you're just going to be aware of his uh, risk with his shoulder. Uh, it's consideration, but I'm not going there yet. No, me neither. Can't have uh, fantasy players under injury clouds, so yeah, pass. Connor Rosie, so he's going to see a, a pretty healthy uh, amount of centre bounce usage inside midfield usage for Port Adelaide. He's a consideration for me at Real Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of upside. I think he's value and, yeah, probably a top six forward, so I like it a lot. Next one here, I'll put in here. So it's Dan Houston. Now, Port Adelaide's game style, they want to get that ball inside forward 50 really quickly and try and hold it in there. When that ball spits out, that plays right into the range of those half-back types for Port Adelaide. Now, Houston is one of those ranges. I, I, I think we're going to see some really big scores from Houston this year, just whether we can put it together consistently. I'm not going to start there at round one, but my eyes are wide open to see what he can do throughout the rest of the se- throughout the season. Um, and he's a chance to be a top six defender, Jeff. Oh, for sure. I um, yeah, I've looked at him closely too, bud. And um, you know, 92 average last year. It, that doesn't happen without effort. And he's got ceiling. You know, there's a scores of 134 in there, 150 in round one as well. So um, could be a really really good pick to start the year. Moving on to Richmond, so Liam Baker in there. I just think the scores and the roles could change throughout the season. So for me, straight no. Yeah, pass for me too. Jacob Hopper, inside mid, coming over from GWS. He's going to be that number one mid for Richmond. Uh, just just matter of where that ceiling sits for him, and I just don't think it's high enough, so no for me. Yeah, I, mate, I can't do it. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. What's his ceiling score? And it's probably not enough, so pass. Tim Taranto, we can roster him as a forward. So, um, and he can score, even though it's Richmond's game plan there as well. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit of value there for me, uh, but I think as a forward, he's a very strong play. I will consider him at round one chip. Yeah, Taranto for sure. He's, he's just set for a big year. He's had a massive preseason, fit as, fit as anyone, and um, yeah, I'm expecting big things. So, those that don't start him will probably be nervous. And next one here, Jaden Short, for those uh, not aware, Jaden Short is uh, more than likely going to miss the start of the season. He's injured, so just be careful of that one there if you're still considering him. Okay, moving on to St Kilda here. So Jack Steele has stripped a lot of weight over the preseason and uh, faster ball movement for St Kilda there as well. I just think he's just overpriced there a little bit there, Jet, for me, so it's a straight no for me on Jack Steele. Yeah, I agree. I think St Kilda are going to have games where they really struggle to perform and you only need to be off that little bit to um, yeah, reduce your fantasy scores. So I'm going to wait and play it out with Jack Steele and see how he goes you know, mid-season. Nazai Wangani Miller, so he's going to play off the D50 line. Uh, going to see some pretty decent scores there. Uh, I think he's value, but yeah, be 
bit risky there for me whether that can be consistent in his second year, so it's a no for me. Yeah, no for me too. Like you said, consistency is key. Jack Bytel here. Now, if Marcus Winderhager wasn't the one injured a couple of weeks, we would have got a fair indication whether Bytel is in that team. So that's the question you know, we need to ask ourselves is where does Bytel sit? Now, he, he performed quite strongly, and Ross Lyon referenced his game was quite strong in that practice game. I think he's won a spot in that team, but just, yeah, we still have an answer, unanswered question there as well. Maybe we're going to have to wait uh, until team selection later in the week, yet. Yeah, and unfortunately, they play uh, on the Sunday, so um, that's going to be tough to wait. So hopefully, yeah, Bytel gets a gig, and it's all smooth sailing. It's just whether is it is it one and done when Winhager returns or... Does Winhager get up and, and they are actually named in the same team? And if so, what's the role for each? Because they're both taggers. So a few questions we might not have answers to before the game starts. So just keep that in mind for those looking to pick him. Yeah, and there's a chance that they're going to be both in the same team at once. But St Kilda got a stack of injuries to start the season. And it's actually not yeah. great. So uh, there's a fair possibility that uh, yeah they're both in that same team to start the year. Or if not... Uh, when when Hager returns. So next one here, Hunter Clark. So he's going inside midfield this year, and I think he'll see a, a good opportunity to win that role. So um, I just don't think I'm going to go there, because if I'm not on steel, I'm certainly not on Hunter Clark, even though there's probably some value in his salary. Yeah, and for 50 grand cheaper, you can probably go Will Day if that's sort of the price point you're looking at. Um, Hunter Clark and Will Day will be similar in, in scoring, I would have thought, and roles. So yeah, pass from me too. Uh, next one here, Rowan Marshall, is, is probably as good a smash play I would su- suggest that this is for the start of the season. Highly recommended. Uh, I'm starting him, Jeff. Your thoughts? Yep, I'm starting him too. Jack Sinclair, half-back type role. If the Saints going to be poor to start the season, again, once again, they're going to set a lot of ball inside D50, and Sinclair's going to see a stack of it. He's uh, a consideration for me at round one, Jeff. Yeah, he's not. I haven't seen him being too popular amongst the uh, fantasy community this preseason, but I can't see why he can't uh, dominate again like he did last year. So, yeah, big like for me and a point of difference, believe it or not. Yeah, and they play a lot under the Marvel Stadium roof, so he's going to be out for ideal conditions and he's just going to rack up those plus sixes, uh, especially when he's not being tagged. So next one here, we're going out to Sydney, and that is Braden Campbell. I just think it's too volatile for Campbell. Um it's probably value in his starting salary jet, but just, yeah, it's probably too volatile for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, would love to do it. I think he's a great kid, and he's obviously got the game, and Sydney got a great player, but uh, not for fantasy. Yeah, I guess there's probably a little bit of discussion here is that when you're spending up and going that mid-price range, you really need that player to be almost a certain, like, a smash. So you, yeah. can't be, you can't be going up there and say, oh, yeah, there Increase five points. That's not what you're spending that money on. You're spending the money on because that price is way out of whack from what their average is going to be. And I just don't think Campbell is there. Next one here, Errol Gordon. I think there's upside on his salary, even though it's quite strong to start the season. Uh, it's going to be midfield there, and it's going to be a little bit, well, probably a decent load more than what he did see last year. Um, I think this is a pretty decent pick here to start wearing on Jeff. Yeah, I mean... I'm too nervous not to start him, I suppose. Um, and this more, you know, more mid time is very likely, and I think he deserves more mid time given his performances and fitness and what Longmire said today about uh, two way running. So, yeah, have to start him. Next one here, Callum Mills. So a bit of a finger issue there as well, but his fitness is fine. 
Um, yeah, obviously, Gordon going in there, what does that do to the Mills role? So he'll still get a stack of it, I think, um, and I don't think he'll have strong ownership to start the season there. So he might be a consideration at some stage of the season that we do have to get him, uh, but I'm not going that round one yet. Yeah, I'm not going there either, mate. It's a pass from me. Chad Warner. So can he take... There's another mid here for Sydney. So I know we talked about Gordon. We're going to see a little bit more increase. We just mentioned Mills now. Warner in there as well. Obviously got Parker and a few others, and Papley goes in there, and Heaney at stages there as well. Probably not as much as uh, what it was going to be last year for Heaney. But anyway, back to Chad Warner. Can he take his game to the next level and hit a like 100 average? Um, like I just I still think he's still that too young to be getting there consistently, so that's probably what to know for me. Oh, look, yeah, I think it's a no for me too. It's that accumulation. He's more of an impact player. Like, he'll kill you from 20 possessions and um, maybe a goal. So, yeah, I, I just don't see him getting 30 possessions and five marks and five tackles, so pass. Peter Laddam, so he's going to be the number one ruck to start the season and he's going to see a stack of ruck usage to... You know, to kickstart the season, the hickey is so long with injury there as well. If he stays healthy, there is value here. So, um, I, I, look, I don't think I'm going to go there round one. But you know, if people are telling me that they're going to go to Leathers round one, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be saying it's a bad choice. So I think it's a pretty decent choice. So it's a no for me. But if people are starting there, that's fine. Yeah, he's definitely value, um, and it's a solo ruck to start. I think. Um Whatever, whoever's chopping out for him, um, yeah, won't play a predominant role. And I think comments came out today on that. So those coaches struggling for an R2, maybe Laddams is the guy. Over to West Coast, so Jaden Hunt, uh, I, I think it's it's not bad. I'm not going to go there at round one, Jeff, but I think it's actually the role is quite healthy. It's going to set a lot of ball usage from D15 and probably spit up onto the wing there as well. Now, if West Coast is going to be poor this year, You've got to imagine that uh, that ball is going to be inside D50 for the Eagles. As I mentioned, you know, any poor team, they're going to concede inside D50s, inside 50 entries, and, you know, that plays right into the hands of distributors for West Coast. And that's as as Hearn, even though he's aged and probably not going to see any type of ownership there as well. And then we uh, we talked about Duggan there as well. Might as well put him into this conversation here as well. You know, the Eagles in D50 could start to rake up some pretty decent numbers, and Jaden Hunt could be part of that as well. I don't think I'm going to go there to start round one, but we we may have to consider uh, some Eagles if they're going to be poor this year. Yep. Yeah, Hunt will um will play half back and he'll be a line breaker and he might get some time on the wing too. But because of his work rate, there's yeah there is potential for more plus sixes. So I think he can average seventy. So if coaches out there think seventy is enough and they're struggling to fill that back line a little bit with, with value, and I feel like all of a sudden the back line is now the hardest line to pick. Um, yeah, Hunt could be a nice cheap value option, but just temporary expectations of big scores, it's it's pretty much a consistent 60 to 70 each week. And if that's enough for you, then then go for it. So if Eagles do slow down that ball movement, yep. I still don't think Hunt's in that range to take advantage because he, he's there to put speed on that ball. So... I just think, uh, yeah, like this. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I just think, look, it's an option, but you know, again, if we're spending that mid-range, you know, these guys have to be almost a guaranteed lock that they're going to smash. So, yeah, yeah, um, I think it's going to be quite solid, but yeah, it's probably not enough for me to say that this is instant and just an auto pick. So, just no for me. 
Although, you know, if people are telling me they're going to go there, that's fine for me. Our next one here, Dom Sheed. So, you know, it depends on his structure. I would love to fit him in at round one. I don't think I'm going to get there, though. So, you know, he's been in and out of my team all season. Um, he can score 90 quite easily. Yeah, it just depends. Uh, I think he's going to see a little bit outside usage uh, this season as well. And obviously, you know, if Eagles are on a rebuild, they're going to give some uh, mid-time to the, to the younger kids and that. So... That does impact shared a little bit there as well. Uh, it's still an option for me, and if it works, I'm going to start with him, but at the moment, I don't have him. One thing with Sheed, mate, is he's got a high ceiling, so he can find the marks and tackles, and there'll be possessions for him. It's um, There's no doubt about that in my mind. It's just how you balance the team, like you said, and especially with all these mid-rooks putting their hand up, if you can fit him in, go for it, because there'll be times where he really does pay off. Tom Cole, uh, just another one of those West Coast D50s uh, defenders. You know, how many do you want in your team? Because, you know, most people are going to go with Jimby in there as well. Uh, Yo, uh, if Chester's in there as well, you're going to be in D50. Do you want another one in there? So the answer for me is no. Yeah, no. And if you're going to go at that price point, it's Jaden Hunt. Okay, last one here. Just mentioned him here, Elliot Yo. So it's going to see a uh, decent amount of midfield usage there as well. Uh, but also can go to half back there as well. So I think based on his starting salary, I think he's a very good pick at round one. I am very interested in starting there at round one. Yeah, for sure. He's uh, he's almost automatic, I think, at his price and position and, and role. So, um, yeah, let's hope he can stay fit throughout the year. Final team here. We're going on to the first one. He's Liam Jones. So, um, there's a possibility that he's going to uh, exceed his starting salary by quite a distance. So, you know, how much upside is there available? And if he starts taking these intercept marks at will, um, yeah, there could be pretty pretty decent upside here as well. Um, yeah, like he's a consideration for me uh, at round one, definitely. Uh, but Constable's in that range there as well for Gold Coast. You know, does he... I don't even think we talked about Constable. So he's an opportunity to go off half back there for Gold Coast. So, uh, yeah, certainly we didn't talk about him. So back onto Constable, he's a, he's a chance there as well. But, you know, right at the same salary here is Liam Jones. Now, back on the Constable there, you know, Lockie Wells to come back into that team. Alice is going to that team. You know, what, what does that start to do to Constable's job security? Now, let's jump back to West Coast, to, sorry, to the Western Bulldogs. And Liam Jones, like, he's going to be locked into that team week in, week out. So there's no job security issue here, there as well. But it's just a matter of what, what is his average going to be? It could be as, as poor as 20 to 30 one week, which would be a disaster. But you're not paying that much for it as well. So, you know, if it goes wrong, where are you going to go to? Can you go to Constable really quickly if that's, you know, if he's locked into that situation? Or do you have to go down and what's available below him, which is not marked, Jeff? So... Uh, as much to decide here what to do with um, Liam Jones and, and Constable in that same conversation there as well. Um, Liam Jones, I am interested in starting him at round one. Whether I actually go there or not and, and, you know, just cross my fingers, close my eyes, I'm not sure yet. But, yeah, certainly a consideration for me at round one. Yeah, we Constable, I like his role better. I think Constable is a natural ball winner and that plays into fantasy hands with... Um, Liam Jones, I feel like, yes, first game in a year, he looked amazing. Um, but it was a soft matchup against North Melbourne. So you would think his ceiling score is the 80-80 he scored against North Melbourne, which included 11 marks and zero tackles. So, yeah, I- I'm not probably going to do it, but um, I will compare it to like a McCartan from last year. 
um, which paid off for many. So it's not that much more expensive than a McCartan from last year. So that's why I'm considering it, especially in the last 24 hours, to be fair. And um, I think everyone should be considering Liam Jones still. Okay, next one here, Jack McRae. So inside midfield usage, there are five dominant mid- mids at uh, the Bulldogs and probably six with Caleb Daniel there as well. So McRae's going to set a little bit of time outside of those centre bounces. Just got to be aware of that. And where does he sit in that scenario as well? I think he put up a very strong average. as uh, a consideration for me at Rowan. Oh, look, he's a workhorse. Um, and he'll gut run and, and get to space and get the ball and... Yeah, it's going to be much of the same from McRae. It's just whether he's a top eight um, mid again. And look, odds on, I think the Bulldogs are still playing possession footy. Um, so, yeah, it looks to be a good pick. Marcus Bontepelli had a very, very, very good pre-season, Jep. So, for over healthy heading into round one, and that's what we need to hear from the Bont. Uh, he's going to put up a pretty decent average for me. So, a consideration for me. Yeah, he has to be a consideration for everyone made at that price. And... It's obvious, like, when you're that good, like Bont, you attract attention from the opposition. So, temporary expectations, but, um, yeah, all signs are good for, for Bont and Pelly in terms of fantasy. Next one here, Bailey Smith, impact-type player, but he can put up pretty high ceiling-type scores, Jep. So, is consideration for me at round one? Oh, yeah, he has to be consideration for everyone. He, he's got that gut-running ability and can literally run all day. I think um, that half-forward role... He got stuck there a little bit here and there in the Pracky game, but reading in, I wouldn't read too much into that. So much of last year for, for um, Bailey Smith, so he's a good pick. Next one here, we're going to Toby McLean. I haven't been able to answer my own question to myself. Where's Toby McLean fit in and what role is he going to do? So I haven't been able to work out straight spot on. So for me, that just raises concerns. So, you know... Arthur Jones won't be playing for the Bulldogs, obviously injured uh, this week, last week, so he is out. So that gives an opportunity for McLean. But if he's going to sit forward, Jeff, that's probably no good. And he's like he's not a super fast type player, and that's what Bevo wants. He wants those speed type, pressure type players. So where does McLean sit? I don't know. If he sits out in the wing, that's okay. Uh, he could score quite well out there. But it's you know for the mid midfield inside, I don't think we're going to go there because we've got too many mids inside for the Bulldogs already. So. Yeah, I just think the spend might be a little bit, bit of a concern and how much upside is there from that. So it's probably going to be a no for me. Um, I'm not writing one off as quick as others. I feel like we need to remember he scored, I think, 46 in the second half of the North Melbourne game. Yes, he struggled in the first half, but he did come good in the end. And I, I'm not losing the sight of the fact that he can score 100 in the Bulldogs team, even on a wing and half forward. So at $401,000, I mean, that just is so much value there as a forward. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be putting a line through him that quickly. I'd actually still highly be considering him. Okay, quick okay. question here. Finn Callahan, Toby McLean, who are you picking? It's uh, a good question. A hard one. I'll go with McLean just because of the way the Bulldogs play and um, – you know, McLean's 27 versus a Callahan who's probably, what, 21? Uh, are you doing that because of the forward uh, position for McLean? Uh, yeah, yeah, and forward status too. Yeah. Already, uh, for me, it would be Callahan. Already, next one. And the last one here, Tim English. So, number one ruck for the Bulldogs. Certainly consideration for me at Remontia. Yeah, this R2 is killing me, Pete. I mean, I'm not sure how you've dealt with it, but um, I just feel like, 
<laughs> as much as this was going to be the first year of not being set and forget it, it's looking more and more likely that I'm just going to set and forget, and English is a part of that. Yeah, my R2 is quite easy, is, as long as it's not Braden Pruce. Anyone else, <laughs> I am good. So Braden Pruce, as long as he's not in there, I am all good. All right, Jeff, so that's it. We've done a stack of players there. It's probably about 90, uh, probably just heading about an hour into this pod now. So we're just going to give one more question to you, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, what is one piece of advice you're going to give the listeners to finish up just pre-round one? Don't panic. Um, you know, based on team selection, don't panic and change structures as such. It's, um, you know, you've done all your research, especially on the primo, so don't lose sight of that. You know, there might be a one pick or two that needs to be a little bit more left field if you need to find more cash, but don't, you know, throw the baby out with the bath order. Um, it's keep, keep your structures, remember what you've studied the whole preseason, and, yeah, footy's back. Enjoy, enjoy the footy. Let me just say to listeners, thank you very much for the listeners um, for tuning in over pre-season. Obviously, we've been going a few years now. So um, my hope, and, and, and Jeff, you'll probably be with me is here, is that my hope is that one of you guys or girls out there wins overall total uh, this year. Uh, and that, that is our goal, is to provide information um, and some, you know, so you can make informed decisions there. Uh, it's not necessarily about Jeff's team and how we're going or my team and how we're going. Uh, for me, especially, uh, what I get a kick out of is um, people performing well based on the uh, like the knowledge and the situation. And from my point of view, on AFLRatings.com.au, you know the news to help you make informed decisions there. So, from my point of view, um, on behalf of Jeff and myself, I would like to wish everyone who listens to the podcast a great season. Hopefully, we don't have the injuries to deal with, and you know, I just hope you all smash it. So, I'd just love to see. You know, some comments towards the end of the year that, you know, you, you've, you've performed well because of this podcast. So, um, that's, that's probably not advice. It's just my hope and wish for you guys out there. So, um, all the best for the season, Jet, for the listeners. And, uh, hopefully we can crush out a big score in round one. Yeah. Go everyone. Uh, go well, everyone. And thanks again. All right, Jet. We'll see you back on a Tuesday night schedule for the rest of the season. Thanks, guys.